Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1 to 13. I read, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. Verse 5. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father, and he will be my son. And again, when God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. In speaking of the angels, he says, He makes his angel spirits and his servants flames of fire. But about the son, he says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Verse 10. He also says, in the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Verse 12. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment, they will be changed. But you remain the same, and your years will never end. To which, to which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Amen. We thank God for his word. At this point, I will introduce the preacher for today's service. It's our own beautiful mother, Reverend Dr. Durabote. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a powerful name it is. And to those of us who know him, what a powerful name it is. I want to thank God for this opportunity from senior pastor to be in the pulpit to bring the word of God. Always a privilege yet always an awesome time speaking God's word, teaching God's word, bringing God's word. That is why I pray for his utterance, and that is why I pray that you would hear the word of God in your spirit. Let us pray. Mighty God, to you be the praise, to you be the glory. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, Father, thank you. May your name be praised. Let your word come forth. Let your children hear. Let them hear with their hearts. Let them hear with their spirit. Let them hear. Oh, mighty God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, I pray that a difference will be made in our lives, even after hearing your word. 
I thank you and I praise your name. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. So we say shalom. I say shalom to all of us. That is God's peace, God's rest, God's wholeness. Be your portion this morning. And if you are here, it's a privilege for you to be here. If you are here, it means you are alive. If you are here, I thank God. And I pray that you would hear his word. Hallelujah. Today we are talking about the relevance of Jesus in modern times. Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 13. And I almost feel like I need to apologize to God. Apologize to God to say we are going to talk about his relevance. But that is what we are talking about because in these times there are those who believe, even believers, that Jesus is not, some who think he's not relevant at all, and those who think he's, oh, some way, somehow, a little bit relevant. But I pray that at the end of this morning, we'll all come to the conclusion that indeed, Jesus, the relevance of Jesus in modern times is absolutely, unconditionally, unequivocally needed, right, on top of things. And so we are looking, our key word is relevance. And by that, what do we mean? And relevance, it has to do with the importance, the significance, the usefulness of something in a situation. In other words, how pertinent, how appropriate something is, or it has any bearing or connection to a particular thing. So we are therefore saying, or trying to show, the importance and significance, the usefulness, the appropriateness, the necessity of Jesus in these modern times. And I'm not bringing these words for bringing sake. Now, you can take these words and you can meditate on them with regards to Jesus, and you'll see how the Spirit will speak to you. In other words, we are looking at the relevance of God in modern times. Realize I say, in other words, we are looking at the relevance of God. The sermon title is The Relevance of Jesus, but I'm saying, in other words, what we are doing this morning is to look at the relevance of God in modern times. And now let's look at Hebrews chapter 1, 1 through 13. What is this passage saying to us about Jesus and the modern times we are living in? I'm just going to highlight one or two things, a few things, and then we'll move on and look at it in, in a deeper way. It says in Hebrews chapter 1 that in these last days, he has spoken, that is God, has spoken to us by his son. 
He has not just spoken to us through his son, but by his son. Meaning that the person of Jesus Christ himself, the person of Jesus Christ himself speaking, speaks. And then when he says, in these last days, I want to submit to us that when we talk about modern times, modern times fits into the phrase, in these last days. So, if we are going to read Hebrews chapter 1 again, it will say, in these modern days, because the last days, modern times is part of the last days. So, in these last days, God has spoken to us by his son. And this should even, this should even um, end the conversation about God's relevance, about Jesus' relevance. But let's go on. Let's go on. And this is to help us build our capacity to trust, to have that unshakable, unshakable faith we are talking about. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ and you do not see his relevance in your life today, as Gans will say, in other words, you will fall. So this is very, very essential what we are talking about. What we are determining is, if he is speaking, that is, if Jesus in these last days is speaking to us, and what, if what he is saying is relevant, Jesus is speaking to us, and what he is saying, is it relevant? Is it relevant to my life? Is it relevant to my family? Is it relevant to as I go up and down? Is it relevant in my work? Is it relevant in my marriage? Is it relevant in how I treat others? The relevance of Jesus Christ. It says, still here that Jesus, who is the light of the world, does not only reflect the Father's glory, but as God himself, he reflects his own essential glory. The writer of Hebrews says he comes to reflect the radiance of God's glory, the radiance of God's glory. He comes to show us the radiance of God's glory. And when you go to Revelation chapter 21, he talks about that day when there will be no, the sun will not be there, the moon will not be there, because we do not need the sun. We would not need the moon, because God's glory will give us the light. I can't imagine it. Just look at outside, the brightness of the sun, we can't even see it now. When there is an eclipse, we are told that we should not watch it with our naked eyes. You can't look at the sun for a certain period, even for one minute, because you, it can blind you. And the word tells us that we will not need the sun, we will not need the moon, the light of the sun, the light of the moon, because... The Lamb himself, God himself, his glory is enough. It's enough. It's, it's brighter than the sun. Do you know how ferocious the sun is? Do you know the surface of the sun, the kind of thing that is going on? And it is many millions of light years from us, and we get what we get. The burning, the brightness. And he says that Jesus came to show us God's, reflect God's glory to us. And this is all part of the relevance. And says Jesus um, is a perfect, as MacArthur would say, Jesus is the perfect imprint. 
the exact representation of the nature and essence of God in time and space. But you see, it says here that um, the sun is a radiance of God and the exact representation, the exact imprint. In other words, when you take a, a, a stamp and I have a paper here and I'm supposed to stamp it, when you stamp it, the image on the stamp is what you see on the paper. And he's saying that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father, of God. So he says, if, if you see me, you've seen the Father. Some said, show us the Father, show us the Father. And Jesus said, when, uh, why should I show you the Father? When you see me, you've seen the Father. He is God. Jesus sustains all things. Look at verse 3. I hope you have your Bible. Look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. Don't just take my word for it. Look at it yourself. Verse 3. He says that he, uh, 3b, he's sustaining, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Sustains all things. Sustains all things by his powerful word. Think about it for a moment. God sustains. He holds it up. He sustains all things by his powerful word. Colossians chapter 1, verse 17, B, even tells, goes a little further. Keeping your finger at uh, Hebrews chapter 1. Just look at Hebrews, uh, Colossians chapter 1, verse 17. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. All things hold together. All things hold together. If you are not held together, your cells will break down. You wouldn't be standing. And his, his power, his word, holds everything together. You would think he will be relevant. You would think, everybody would think he's relevant. He sustains all things, holding everything together. In other words, creation is sustained by Jesus, and he fulfills his purpose for this world with the world. Creation is sustained by Jesus. He sustained the, the, the planets moving in their spaces. He sustains, he holds everything. The earth, the earth does not have pillars. The earth is a sphere, and yet it does not fall. There are no pillars, but God sustains. He has the principles in place to sustain, sustains the earth and all that is in it. Why? Tell me, why would he not be relevant? The one who sustains everything is not relevant. Are you crazy? I sustain the earth and you are on the earth and you tell me I'm not relevant. Like I tell every, uh, uh, my nephews and my niece, put your TC on, your thinking cap. Always have your TC on, your thinking cap. It's a wonder they didn't give me the nickname TC. Always have your thinking cap on. The one who sustains the earth. He sustains the universe. He sustains. Or we don't understand the word sustain. He holds it. He takes care of it. He lets them stay where they're supposed to. He sustains everything. 
And you don't think he's relevant? I want you to see how relevant he is. So when you worship him, you worship him as he should be worshipped. So isn't it ludicrous? In other words, isn't, uh, isn't it foolish? Isn't it foolish then to say or think that the one who sustains this world is not relevant to the world? In fact, he is critical to the modern times. See, we say modern times. Oh, we have the technology. We have metaverse. Metaverse. Now, senior pastor, now they say the metaverse, you can go to church metaverse. In other words, you have this, uh, this virtual hat, like a helmet. You put it on. And then you can come as a, a donkey. You can come as a, a Lego, a Lego figure. Uh, the, the young ones, you are laughing, you know it. You can come as your favorite animal, but you've come to church. And they say it's the future. Senior pastor, I'm, now I'm even wondering, the money we've spent to buy all these chairs. And some people will not come. They will sit in their comfort, put on their hat, and they said, I fellowshiped. You will be standing next to a tiger. God forbid if somebody comes as a snake. But it's called a metaverse, a different universe. So now, restaurant, you, don't, you can go eat, by the, the, you put on the, the, the thing, and you get the sensation that you are eating uh, fufu and abenkwai, but you are not there. And we call that modern, but we're saying, even in that, he is critical to it. Hallelujah. Jesus provided purification for sins. In other words, he took care of our sins. And the reference, uh, Titus 2.14, just look it up. And Hebrews is telling us that Jesus is greater than the angels. When you go further of Hebrews, it will tell you that he's greater than Moses. He's greater than angels. Just to, and giving us all the things why he's greater than. Just to say that Jesus is relevant. Jesus created the universe. It says here, it said, he created, sustaining all things by powerful words. And when you go to John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3, John 1, um, essential one. So let me just read that one. John chapter 1, verse 1 to 3. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the, uh, with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made. That has been made. The earth is mine. Belongs to me. And I've created you. And I've invited you to be part of this world. And you get up and you tell me you are not relevant. Do you see the foolishness of that? The one who sustains you. The one who created the thing. And I have allowed you to live. You turn around and say, he's of no essence. But one day, it says, everything will be destroyed in verse 10 through 11, Hebrews. But he will remain the same. He will remain the same. And he's the same yesterday, today, and will be so forever. Jesus has not changed. So ancient times, he was relevant. Today, he is relevant. 
He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the bottom line is that inhabitants of this world need God, and Jesus is God. Yes, this may be modern times. Modern times because now uh, we are finding a few solutions to things. But the more we find, the more we know that we don't know. The more we see that we don't know. And human beings, just a little knowledge pet, you think you have it all. You think you don't need God. But Solomon said, there is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing new. We are asking the question, is it relevant in modern times? There's nothing new. Human beings are still the same. Human beings are still the same. Human beings have not changed. Human beings are still who they are. And they are still people who need God's love. Modern times or not, modern times or not, people still need the Lord. Just listen to these words. Nothing has changed. Every day they pass me by I can see it in their eyes Empty people filled with care private pain living fear to fear always in fear laughter hides their silent cry they have silent cries but they love and it's empty Jesus hears people need the Lord that is why it's relevant people need the Lord People need the Lord. People are brokenhearted. People are brokenhearted. People are still in fear. Nothing has changed. Broken people always will be there. And for as long as there are broken people, Jesus remains relevant. And these broken people need to know, John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his son, Jesus, that... And when they accept, 
him, they would have eternal life. And many are still in darkness without Jesus, and they'll remain in darkness. When was the last time you listened to the news? You heard about somebody driving how many kilometers to go to one place and shoot and kill 10 people at a supermarket. Read the news. People are still in darkness without the Lord, without the Lord in depravity. Why would Jesus not be relevant? Because they need to see the light of God. How relevant is Jesus? Would Jesus be to Hollywood? Bollywood? What other wood is there? Oh, you know, eh? The Indian one is what? Bollywood. Nigeria one is Nollywood. Oh, did we have one? But there is darkness. People still live in darkness. Many are still in darkness in your neighborhood, in my neighborhood. Many still in darkness. And so long as that is, Jesus will continue to be relevant because Jesus is the answer. They need the Lord. People are still weary and burdened and need rest. They are weary. They are tired. They feel things. They use alcohol to numb themselves. They use sex to numb themselves. They use power to numb themselves. They use drugs to numb themselves. They are weary. They are tired. They are hopeless. And Jesus is the relevant one. And he says, come to me. Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. I am the one who can provide rest. I am the one who gives rest. Anyone who is broken, anyone who is tired, anyone who is weary, anyone who is burdened, come to me. That is my relevance. That is the relevance of Jesus. Come to me, and I will give you rest. Many are terminally sick and in need of the great physician. When I say terminally sick, terminally should be in inverted commas. In other words, they are sick. And Jesus is the one who said it. Let's look at Matthew chapter 9, 12 through 13. If you would give that to me, please. Matthew chapter 9, verse 12 through 13. Nine, yeah. On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what that means. I desire mercy. Uh, I think we've missed one a little bit of um, verse 12. Just give me the verse 12 then. But the... the the one who is healthy does not need the doctor, but the one who is sick. The one who realizes that something is not right. I'm deprived. I'm depraved. 
I do not want those things that is good. My thoughts are evil. The things I want to do, the murdering and stealing and pillaging and raping and all kinds of things. Still prostitution. They are the ones, those ones who do not know him and do not have righteousness are those who are sick. And he says, as long as there are sick people, I am relevant. I am relevant. I am relevant. And again, I feel like I should apologize to God. We are the ones speaking and doing the talking. Hopelessness still abound. There's no hope. People have no hope. Do you know how many rap artists have died by suicide this year? They have all the millions. They have all the gold on them. In fact, they are based with gold. From the top of their head to their teeth. Gold. How many cars don't they have? How many mansions don't they have? Food for their dogs alone can feed, can, can take care of people here for one year, two years, a month, a month. But they keep killing themselves. Why? Why? Suicide. Why? Hopelessness. Hopelessness. I got a test from someone we've been witness to. And he says, Reverend Dora, pray for me. I don't want to lose my souls to Satan. If you think I'm wrong, my phone is in my purse. I can show you if you think I'm exaggerating. Reverend Doro, pray for me. I don't want to lose my soul to Satan. I thought I could, I would be satisfied. And I have done this and I've gone to America and I've been able to do this. The things that I had in mind, I've done them, but I still have no peace. I still have no joy. I still have no happiness. Reverend Dora, pray for me that I don't lose my soul to Satan. Because his desires and his things are not based on the relevant one, Jesus. Williams, how can you kill yourself when you bring laughter to people, but in your quiet because of hopelessness? Hopelessness. But Jesus is our hope. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3.6 says that Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our hope. When things are bad, Jesus is our hope. When we have him in all the things that are going on in the economy, Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our hope. Temptations galore, especially for the young ones. But how can you and how can the young man, the young woman, keep his way pure? How can the young man keep his way pure? Psalm 119 verse 9. Only in Jesus and in his word. Can you hope to keep your way pure? You want to keep your way pure? Modern times, if you have it flaunted, do what feels good to you. But that leads to hopelessness. 
But how can I keep my way pure? Only Jesus, because he's the relevant one. Check out Psalm 119, verse 9. And let that guard you. So the songwriter has said that only Jesus would bail us out. Now, let's look at slide 25. What about our lives? In him we live, we move, and have our being. Acts chapter 17, verse 28. In him, in Jesus, we, 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 we live, we, we move, we live, and have our being. How can he be, how can he be not, or how can he be irrelevant? The one in whom I move, I live, and have my being. He gives me breath. I live because of him. He takes away his breath and I'm no more. How can he be irrelevant in my life? He is relevant. Without Jesus, we are at the mercy of the one who is the accuser. But you see, even before that, let's say we are desperately in need of peace and not war. Jesus is our shalom. 2.14, Ephesians chapter 2.14. I love this verse so much. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. And of course, um, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. For he himself is our peace. He is our peace, he is our shalom. He is my rest, he is my wholeness. Jesus, how can he be relevant when he's my peace? I need that peace. He will be the peace in Boku. If he's a peace in Boku, things will be different. Let's jump to slide 32. So the songwriter said, looking at all these things, how sweet the name of Jesus sounds. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds. Just listen to the words. It soothes his sorrow, heals his wounds, and drives away his fear. Maybe just let's sing that, just that one verse. How sweet the name of Jesus sounds in a believer's ear. Let the name of Jesus sound sweet in your ears. It will soothe away your sorrow. It will heal your wounds. Because he's relevant. He's relevant. He's important to your marriage. He's important to your business. He's important to all you do. One and four. Shepherd, brother and friend. Jesus. Ah. 
shepherd is irrelevant? Can you tell me your brother is irrelevant? Can you tell me your friend is irrelevant? Can you tell me the prophet is irrelevant? Your priest and your king is irrelevant. Don't let that fall from your lips. Jesus is more than relevant in these modern times. That is why all said and done, it is still, I need thee every hour. And that again is the songwriter. But I wish the songwriter, me, I don't need Jesus every hour. I don't need Jesus every hour. I don't need Jesus every hour. I need Jesus every now, every moment, every moment. My breath is not every hour. My breath is every moment. It's relevant in my life. Decision making every moment is relevant in my life. I need thee every hour. I close. I close. Oh, Father, forgive me. For I don't think I've done justice. I have not done justice to how relevant you are, actually are. Oh, Father, thank I, I, I am sorry for even fumbling. Father, the things that I should have said that I didn't say to show your children how relevant you are in their lives. Father, forgive me. Father, let us see how relevant you are in our lives, in our business decisions, in our bringing up our children, in our relationships, family relationships, in our marriages, in our church relationships. You are relevant. Father, forgive us for our pride and our dread. Forgive us, Lord. And I pray that we will see your relevance because in you is all wisdom and knowledge. Father, 
Business ideas, you can give it. You are relevant. Our choice of mates, you give us the wisdom and discernment. You are relevant. Father, thank you for this time. Help us, oh Lord, I pray. To know ourselves and see ourselves as we are. People whose breath is only one breath away from death. Because in you we live, we move, we have our being. I thank you and I bless your holy name. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, we have prayed with thanksgiving. Amen.